It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome to the Shizno for season 14. Episode 24, On the Spot, I Am Dimples. This week on Red vs. Blue, a series of unlikely coincidences results in the Reds and Blues meeting their Rooster Teeth counterparts. Here helping Rooster Teeth make money with its energy drink are Sam. Rocket Rooster Energy Drink. Strong enough to get you to the moon and back. No, Rocket Rooster Energy Drink may or may not can rock fuel. <laughs> Rain Zero. Rocket Rooster Energy Drink. The red rocket you should always keep in your pocket. That was so cheesy. Wow. She. Rocket Rooster Energy Drink. I have been drinking it for two months now and I've lost the ability to see. Please come help me by drinking it with me. <laughs> Come, huddle with us. <laughs> Patrick. Rocket Rooster Energy Drink. Never sleep again. <laughs> also, the Shizno Podcast. Never sleep again. <laughs> That's true. That's accurate. Patrick, I feel you. Repping the Brits. Rocket Rooster Energy Drink. It puts the cock in your doodle-doo. <laughs> Is that a sex thing? (laughs) No, no, it's like it's like a rooster when you know you wake up because it wakes you up. You know, cockadoodle do. Yeah, Yeah, it's just like it puts the it puts the oomph. Thoughts on the episode. One last time. It was really dark, (laughs) and I had to hold my breath. I'm going to teach you how to say goodbye. Say goodbye. Say goodbye. One last time. <laughs> it was a really meta episode. Possibly the most meta episode RV Week has ever done. And I thought last week was the most meta episode RV Week had ever done. Patrick, mm. this week was the first time Matt has ever appeared in an episode of Red vs. Blue. It's true. It was also the first <laughs> time that Kyle Taylor has ever appeared in an episode of Red vs. Blue. Oh, dear God. Are we going to do this for the whole... <laughs> fucking staff. I mean, we could. Let's not. And interestingly, it, it wasn't the first time Barbara Dunkelman had ever appeared in an episode of Red vs. Blue, because I don't know if you remember this, oh. but in seasons um, 12 and 13, she actually played Jensen. Uh, so you, you might not remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good good spotting, uh, Patrick. <laughs> I had actually forgotten about that. It was very appreciated to see Bernie reprise his role as main character Lopez from the popular web series Red vs. Blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Certainly mean, the wondering... most famous character he's ever played. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, this yeah. is this is a stupid episode of the show. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stupid episode <laughs> of the season. Yeah. I did feel like it was kind of the, it was the stupidest episode of the season. And that's one of the reasons why I adored it. Because it was so... Yeah. They really just went, screw it. Yeah. Here's what we want to do, guys. Yeah. We really want to do this. Yeah. We like, really, yeah. really, really want to do this. So let's just do it. Let's do the most absurd thing we can think of. Matt, 
come here. We need you to think of an absurd thing. <laughs> what if the reds and blues came into real life? Yep. Thank I you, Matt. I feel like that idea has existed for years, either in fanfic form or in Matt's brain. I mean, it's like the Supernatural episode where where uh, Sam and Dean Except come out. Except good. Oh, my, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The French Mystic was the only good episode what? season six. I love that episode. I love I that really episode. Enjoyed it. I love that I just that don't like the show. You know how, like, Griffith's always saying, I'm freaking orange um putting together really great bits for Simmons uh, because he's he's mm-hmm. of the main cast he's kind of probably among the most sort of sidey of side characters I would say but I thought his bit in this episode was my favorite him and Gus like that their, their, oh, yeah. their yeah. fast yeah. is just beautiful nonsense through through it and was I loved so that. good it was, it was so really good. wonderful that was my it favorite was nice part <laughs> It was nice to see Simmons kind of get some spotlight for a change. Yeah. Holy yeah. crap, Bernie was actually wearing brown in the episode, too. Was actually? <laughs> wow! Oh my god. Yeah, they hit all the marks. Yeah, it must have been yeah. something they did when they said, I'm like, guys, let's all wear the colors of our soldiers. It's it's almost like when they do live action bits, they have a costuming department Whoa. that makes decisions for what they're going to wear. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, that would never happen. Let's. let's yeah. be real. I, I mean, I, I, I reach too far. It's really funny to watch this and compare it to the arty shorts of, of however many years ago it was. You know, when they started uh-huh. doing live action arty shorts like season one. Um, I really want to go back, compare this with all of its directorial flair. Like, this is the guy who directed a movie uh, now doing basically an arty short, but with a bit of CGI. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. This really was a 24-minute RT short. Yeah, I liked it. I really liked it. Um, oh, it was hysterical. Oh, yeah, it was pretty. Um... Speaking of the CGI, I thought that was really pretty. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed like th- this would have been a monster to composite, and they did a very nice job, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The visors were so shiny. <laughs> <laughs> they were yes. so shiny. I was able to breathe lots. <laughs> they were very good helmets mm. there was a shot where Griff was walking up the stairs to go to the fridge and like it shouldn't look as good as it does having him walk along the floor and you see his feet like walking and stepping and stuff mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. it shouldn't have matched up as well as it did it was really good yeah. <laughs> no, and also like I've, I've kind of grown so attached to these characters and you're, you're, you're used to seeing them in the Halo world doing such animatronic such kind of fixed, repeated kind of movements, like the head movements and the cocking of the gun yeah. kind of thing. And it was wonderful just seeing, I felt like they were kind of breaking out and kind of like shaking off, like, okay, like, oh my goodness. guys, end of the season, like, let's just shut out. Donut flails so much. Yeah. <laughs> From his amazing moves at the beginning, can we assume that Miles Luna played the part of Donut for the mocap? Yes. 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 Absolutely I'm, yes. I imagine, yeah. <laughs> that, that was Miles. It was such like the wonderful <laughs> moment when first it was like Jeff and Gus ran by like screaming and then 
Griffin Simmons ran by, like, screaming and flailing. And just the movements were incredible. They were ridiculous. They were Griffin Simmons, and they just felt so alive. It felt like they kind of had a chance to really come to life in this episode. It was brilliant to watch. They did come to life. They did come to life! (laughs) (laughs) Also, Lopez moved robotically. Yes! He did. (laughs) There were a couple, like, beep-boop-bop sort of movements. Somebody put real thought into the way that Lopez would move, which was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I, I love the little detail of the wrench in Lopez's hand that he was carrying around. Like, he he didn't need to bring the wrench with him, and they brought the wrench with him. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a shiny wrench. It was beautiful. Let's talk about Jeff who um, was in a live action thing for maybe the first time in many, 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 many years. It's been quite a while for the first time since any Achievement Hunter production, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean, you know. He's, he's pretty famously not wanted to do live action. I think he's commented on Reddit and things and, and, and just said that he hates how long it takes and stuff, which was really interesting that this was the thing that he decided to sort of break that rule for. And I thought that was great. He just yeah. wanted to talk to Griff, <laughs> commiserate yeah. about being lazy. I guess this was kind of, this is obviously the show that started off Rooster Teeth and everything about it. So I guess like he kind of maybe thought if there's one thing that I should probably do live action for, it's going to be the chance to talk to Griff Valerius. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I was taking this as I was as I was watching the episode at the second time, and on my notes I've just got the word Jeff underlined like three times because <laughs> just just his expressions and like I don't know I drank a lot I still I don't know drink. I still <laughs> drink a lot it was just it was absolutely beautiful to watch I was roaring with laughter. I, I also really loved the bit with Joel and Caboose, and then just staring. Like, Caboose is standing completely still, and Joel's just like, yes, this is the perfect vessel into which I should impart my wisdom. <laughs> Be, no, because because literally this is the only person that sat still long enough for him to actually get to <laughs> talk, talk about gold. Everybody else, everybody else, he starts, they're just like, ah, ha, ha, Joel. Yeah, let, ah, let, let, me, yeah, let me tell you about the gold standard. Wait, where are you going? <laughs> I also love the little detail that Joel just messes with the animators at night. <laughs> yes, oh my goodness. Caboose dancing was really cute. Caboose dancing. Oh, that was adorable. One more thing I found really quite funny was um, uh, I really felt like Bernie was making an effort to use his church voice at the beginning there. Like the part, the part where he was there, like I'm so sick of dealing with these morons every weekend. Yeah, like, yeah, felt like yeah. He, was, he, yeah. Felt like he, was, he was going for a church voice, and then also Miles. I felt when he and Bernie were getting like antagonistic, like kind of with each other. I really felt like Miles went for his Felix voice. I felt like he yeah, really was I noticed that too. Voice, yeah. I was like, I was like Miles, Miles, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, what were your thoughts on sort of the um? Uh, like 80s, 90s trope of oh, here are a bunch of coincidences and a mechanical failure and suddenly something really weird happens. It was pretty much perfect. I've always had a soft spot for that kind of universe-crossing absurdity and I just, I thought it was fantastic. One of the things I thought was really interesting is that Freddie Wong put out a video this week as well, uh, which was him getting zapped into Heroes of the Storm by spilling a drink 
on his computer. <laughs> Astounding. I thought the RVB kill switch was a was a nice little nod to the fact that they mentioned this on the podcast. There is a real kill oh, yeah, switch. Yeah. It's... yeah, the real kill switch that like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Xboxes. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's not there, but yeah. there is like a, a switch it's, that turns it's off every It's an unintentional kill switch. Yeah. What guest writer would you like to see return in the future? Miles Luna. <laughs> I said guest writer. I said Miles Luna. <laughs> Bernie Burns. Oh, you didn't mean ghost writer. <laughs> <laughs> He's a spoopy ghost. <laughs> okay, I'd like yeah. to see Freddy Wong come back. Uh, not because I thought yeah. his episode was was one of the best ones. I actually didn't like. I didn't like that one so much. But the reason. Oh I wanted yeah, to, I was kind of lukewarm about it too. The reason like, I, I wanted him to come back was, um, or I want him to come back, is I want him to write an episode that demonstrates a bit more of his brand of humor um which i feel like his uh-huh. episode didn't do so much of because it was a movie trailer yeah 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 sort of like the everything revolving around like one visual joke yeah sort of yeah thing. and I, I i would like to see more of that from freddie wong and i think I, I think if he did it it would be really cool freddie wong's style of humor is actually like it's got a lot more in common with, like silent film than a lot of other stuff yeah i can see that you know so it'd be really it's like basically basically it's it's um rocket jump comes up with an effect and they go, okay, how can we use this effect? And they just make a bunch of gags about yeah. that effect. Which, in a lot yeah. of ways, is kind of what Machinima is. It's how do we make somebody jumping at this point funny to people? Or, or like, how yeah. is a skull comedy? That sort of thing. <laughs> how yeah. is a skull yeah. comedy, Patrick? Tell me. Uh, you, you, you swap it out with Andy the Bomb, and then you replace it with Lopez, and then you put the skull back again. Of course! <laughs> or you rip the skull out of somebody's head while they're still and alive. Beat them to death and with beat it. them to, to death, death with it. it. I, I want to see more from Shannon McCormick. God yep. damn it, Dan! Yes. So I, I want more of the triplets. I want more freelancer stuff. I really liked his style of writing. Um, I thought that the episodes he wrote were among the funniest. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm uh, actually but... okay with him with leaving the triplets as they are, but I would love him to write like an arc. You know? Oh yeah, no, I don't. I don't mean like more, like lots more triplets episodes. Okay. I just want them to like show up at some point mm-hmm. again. You know, so that we can see you know Sherry and Ohio uh, on their date uh, or something Aww. like that. Um, For example. <laughs> that's just, just, that's just yeah, one, yeah, to pluck like, a random example out I, of nowhere of one thing that I maybe I'd like to I will go down see. with this shit. <laughs> so will I, Dad? I'll go down with you. <laughs> but, like, I, I, I really like the way he wrote it. I like the way he wrote the freelancers um, and sort of the dynamics between them. If Shannon has more ideas for some of the, you know, the lower-ranked freelancers or things for Wash to do, or things, I would love to see them. There's, there's 50 of them, uh, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's there's plenty more. Uh, so, I mean, if Shannon wants to write more of that. Or, you know, I bet he'd be great at writing the Reds and Blues, too. Um, yeah. I was just like, I thought those two episodes were really good. They were among my favorite of the season. I was going to also say Shannon, because the way he wrote characters that don't, like, besides just not existing in canon until now, I also appreciate that he is experienced trained with his writing. He does have a master's in English. I like the way he writes character interactions a lot better than most of the other stuff we've seen in Red vs. Blue. He managed to make those characters feel alive and real in the span of two episodes, what took Bernie years to do. And it was nice to see characters getting along and like clearly friends with each other and bickering, but bickering without like... Spite? Just the constant stream of insults. Yeah. And while there's nothing, I don't have anything against like 
like characters insulting each other um, or, 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 you know, being caustic to one another. Um, having that as like the, the norm of interaction gets kind of samey. And it's nice um, to have people argue about something that's not, oh, you're how terrible. How much they hate each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, goodness, seeing people resolve an argument. It's like, it was, it was yeah, freaking it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody having insight into what might be bothering another character? What? What is this? Shocking. I was going to go with Shatton as well because it was just the way, again, like what Sam was saying, like he managed to make me absolutely fall in love with all the characters he gave us in the space of what was like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. It, and I love the way that he wrote kind of the female characters. I love the way that he wrote all the lower mm-hmm. rank freelancers. I love the way, he, the way that he wrote Wash. It just felt very like lively and kind of energetic and just really fun like you could see he clearly enjoyed writing it he clearly got in a kick out of having the chance to do this rain what do you think also shannon oh my god all right <laughs> so basically basically what i'm hearing is i'm wrong yes yep i yep. I, I would also like it has to been see, decided I, shannon is the one we want back in addition to shannon yes um i would kind of also like to see joe nicolosi back the guy who wrote the brick gulch Oh, that was adorable. Oh, yeah. oh, that was, was adorable. There was, there was something that was just so, like, cute and happy and nice about that. That seems like, like forever ago. There, yeah, so, does. like, I noticed when I had written both him and Shannon down, um, that sort of, like, the shared thread there was that the interaction still seemed, like, canon consistent, mm. but didn't have as much right. meanness to them. Like and, and and again, I wanna I wanna say that you know I don't have a problem with the characters being mean to each other, but it's also like nice every once in a while just for a change of pace yep. to see them being nice to each other. <laughs> you know, like Caboose making a birthday cake for Sarge, <laughs> or like um, picking up Church and Church telling him to put him down, but not that like he's he's stupid and awful yeah. and. Uh, I hate being carried and blah, 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 blah. Like, instead of just like, Caboose, put me down. (laughs) (laughs) After Caboose is like, this is the most important thing in Blue Base. I was like, that that, that is so cute. That's so cute. Also, um, who who was the writer? I can't remember who the writer was who wrote um, the Caboose episode that we all cried at, the first episode I came That was Miles. That That was Miles. Okay, I was gonna... Miles frigging... Wrecking Luna, <laughs> <laughs> who, who we were interviewing in two days, so I don't want to disparage too heavily. Wrote the episode that made us all cry. Miles Luna. <laughs> <laughs> Miles Luna. <laughs> all right, here's my so here's my conspiracy theory, uh, which is hats on. this question that we're asking here might actually be the whole reason that this season happened. Uh, it's quite possible that, um, well, actually, it's very possible that the guys over at Rooster Productions have no idea what's coming next. Indeed, they've said as much. I wonder if this was sort of not only their opportunity to take a breather, have some ideas about, about uh, you know, weird multiverse things and, and, and go wild with some crazy ideas that they've always wanted to do, but also to gain um, inspiration and potential experience talent. from people tan, talent is the word I was looking for um, from people who might want to come back and do some more later on uh, so mm. we may well see Shannon McCormick 
et al. Uh, coming back to do more permanent things with our permanent yes. canon Good. red versus blue gang. Yeah. So if if there are any RT staffers who ever listen to this oh, there's podcast not. There's not. and want to make a coffee shop at you, guess what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, with a particular uh, freelancer agent and a particular Caron Industries agent. Well, you know, um, a particular with... freelancer agent and a particular blood gulch idiot who wears teal. Jeez, I should have asked what has been your favorite AU from this season. My, my favorite Shizno AU by far is Felix and Locus living in a crappy apartment with milk crate furniture yep. stocked. I was going to say house. dinner at the Woos. <laughs> God, in the off season, we have to write dinner with the Woos. We do. Oh, man. Begin lightning round. So how will the Blood Gulch gang kill Bernie this time? They're not going to kill Bernie. Church is going to die again. And since Bernie sounds like Church, they're just going to put him in Church's armor. <laughs> yes, but then how long until they kill Bernie? <laughs> they don't. Another Epsilon iteration shows up and that one just keeps dying. He Bernie has the voice the of Bernie Burns. Eventually, he is going to die. <laughs> Bernie hides in the caves. He's like, I know what happens to churches in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I'm going to become a hermit. <laughs> Excellent. Um, he comes He comes out two seasons later with one huge swollen arm and a, and a box over his back. <laughs> I became a hermit. Uh, and another known fact about Bernie is that he's actually allergic to aspirin. And Caboose accidentally gives him an injection of aspirin, trying to give him like a flu injection. And so that's how Bernie dies. <laughs> you have to get this blue injection to Joy Blue Team. <laughs> oh no, what's happening to your face? <laughs> and it made him blue. <laughs> After a while. Caboose forgot that people need power armor to survive his hugs. <laughs> Daft! Wow. That is exactly what I have. Damn. Oh my god. My response is given how squishy unarmored humans are, Caboose will probably just hug him to death. I mean, you can picture it so easily, though. Church! Church! Oh my god, I am so happy. It's like, no, I'm not Church! I'm the guy that killed him! <laughs> Crunch. <laughs> Church! Church, are you okay? Church? I think that probably Sarge will get into an argument with him about physical media, probably saying something along the lines of, there's no such thing as a limitation on physical media. And either, one of two things will happen. Either Bernie's head will explode after arguing with him <laughs> so long. Or Sarge, in trying to prove a point, will try to upload the cloud to Lopez, uh, which will lead to the entirety of Blood Gulch exploding. Oh. <laughs> All right, people. So no matter what, there's going to be an explosion and Bernie is going to I don't die. know what upload the cloud means, but it does not end well for Bernie or basically anybody else. <laughs> what if the freelancers had materialized instead of the Blood Gulch crew? That depends. How many stories tall is the RT office? <laughs> and are there any Mac cannons coming with <laughs> The mother of an invention is not materializing in the office. Well, then I have no idea. <laughs> are there any sarcophaguses in 
There are no sarcophagi in the Rooster Teeth offices. There are no experimental AIs in the Rooster Teeth Damn. office. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yes. I mean, Sam, that 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 yes sounded an awful lot like it was being produced by a non-disclosure agreement. That's not, um, I am under non-disclosure agreement to deny I'm under non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> what if you got a non-disclosure agreement saying that you can't disclose if you're under a non-disclosure agreement? I can't disclose that. It's Inception. <laughs> oh my god, how deep does this go? <laughs> it goes, I'm very thorough with my paperwork. It goes that deep and literally doesn't go any deeper. So, Carolina and Bernie bond over being done with the idiots around them so much continuously. <laughs> and uh, York finds the Oreos and then just because he can proceeds to hide them in a locked cupboard that only he has a combination to. <laughs> so nobody's getting those Oreos again. No one is ever getting Nobody. the Oreos. York doesn't even York doesn't even eat them. He just like opens the packet, takes a look at them, sees this completely full packet, and then hides them in a cupboard where no one can find them, and leaves a note on the door saying, Good luck getting to the Oreos. Signed a master locksmith. <laughs> York, I think you'll find I that I lock. did most of the work there. Shut, Shut up, up Delta. <laughs> <laughs> Wash finds Joe the cat. Oh, that was my that was mine. <laughs> and then once Rooster Teeth realizes that their building is full of super soldiers who think it's an enemy base, they put in an emergency call to Lee Eddy and get her to address the freelancers as command over the internet. Oh my god. Um, corral yes. them into one area and then get all of the essential personnel and I guess Miles out of the building. <laughs> Astounding. I'm actually annoyed because in my notes, it actually says York raids the fridge, Wash finds a pet and starts playing with it. Hey! Hive mind is working oh tonight. Guys, we're doing good. Like, the hive mind is, re- we are really reaching to like, My Patrick, full answer was probably the exact same thing, but more efficient and with a lot less screaming. <laughs> and then in parentheses, it says, York raids are, the are, fridge. Are you sure? Carolina subdues and interrogates a random employee. Wash finds a pet and starts playing with it, etc. <laughs> I mean, but uh, when we're considering how much screaming there's going to be, we do need to remember that Wash is coming along. And this isn't okay. like. He's shrieking, is not the same thing. <laughs> I'm not counting. Do you mean to tell me? <laughs> As screaming in this instance. I mean, I suppose Wash is lucky that stage five is an interior location and doesn't have any cars. Do we know that for sure, though? No, we don't oh, know for gosh, sure. Yeah. There's no car. No, go, they go have ahead, that. There is cars in stage five. The Warthog's in there. There's an actual oh, no. Warthog. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. Wash, run while you still can. Hello, I'm Agent Wyoming. Who are you? Uh... Uh, well, I'm well, I'm Matt Harlem. I'm, I'm I'm the director. Oh my God, the director's here! How <laughs> do you all to stand down? <laughs> yeah, if if calling Lee Eddy doesn't work. Dear director, I Jack. recently what's, received what's his, an email. What's his name? John, John Marshall, Marshall Reed. Reed. They call John Marshall Reed. They call him John Marshall. <laughs> What would have happened in a character voice actor meeting that we didn't see in the episode? Wash, like, kind of pre-everything happening to him in season six, seven, eight, Wash had come through. He freaks out a lot because it's pre-everything Wash. 
Christmas as well, maybe. And so Shannon finds him and has to give like a pep talk on life and like how to keep Aww. going and how to like stay calm in a weird situation and like get through things. So, yeah. Like the big brother wash never had. Exactly. Or the one he Aww. had to become. Except for the fact that, uh, like, Archie Shorts Shannon is actually, like, Archie Shorts Shannon evil. is a huge, he's a huge <laughs> he jerk. Really <laughs> he doesn't see, I feel like, I feel like Shannon would give good capitals. It's I a can cold, just, cold world I, out there, Wally. No, no, I can just, I can kind of see. fucking world. I can, I can see. I can right, see. thanks. Shannon would give me good, um, good capitals, especially to wash. Yeah, because like, yeah. he just like, like Shannon McCormick the person is, like, a wonderful ray of sunshine human and i imagine talking with shannon would be an extremely beneficial experience for poor poor wash <laughs> unfortunately he would be talking to rt short shannon <laughs> is that before or after he was frozen alive after i mean so, like, so, so i mean like on. if if they if hit you after with a car murder them. If the after everything wash met with RT Shorts Shannon, they would be like same, yeah, same they would become the unstoppable villain duo. <laughs> just so bitter about everything that had happened oh, no. to them yeah. and so done with humanity in general. <laughs> Tucker did materialize, so I can imagine a meeting between him and Jason Saldana would just be a bunch of sex jokes. Because if you've ever watched any of the behind the scenes or interviews with him, that's all he does. So, like Tucker and Jason Saldana are basically the same person. Like there was a like, Jeff Williams concert <laughs> at one of the RTXs where he performed the Banchigabawa rap, <gasps> and yes. part of it he said, "So I had to hold two microphones because if I didn't, I'd just be jerking it with whichever hand didn't have a microphone." The wow. And if Church materialized and met Bernie, it would just be <laughs> Bernie and Church in stereo. Just a lot of anger and complaining. And then my personal favorite on the list, if Felix met Miles, we'd have a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. It's Felix's. Felix's. <laughs> and then the last one is if Grey met Locust. It would probably be a very interesting conversation because Locust is quite civil when not trying to kill a man. Mm, that's true. Actually, here's here's how I imagine Grey meeting Locust. So imagine with me that Grey Haddock leaves the voice actor booth after voicing Roman Torchwick for a flashback scene in Ruby Volume 4. <laughs> okay. He goes into the office kitchen to get a rocket rooster energy <laughs> drink and runs straight scenario. into the back of a large armored figure who is currently rifling through all of the cabinets in a desperate search for ramen. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back into the ramen. Sister, sister will totally uh, like meet Becca and just be like, "I like your voice. It's kind of hot." I always wanted to make out with a version of myself. <laughs> and Becca's like, "Oh my god, me too." <laughs> I mean, haven't we all? Like, really? And then she would vlog about it. <laughs> she would vlog about it. Poppycock meeting your alternate reality self. Making out with your alternate reality. And, yeah, and making out with Five ways to avoid a messy breakup with yourself. <laughs> I think Felix and Miles would meet one another, and within a couple of days, they would become simultaneously the best and the worst on the spot team. I'm, now I'm now I'm just imagining that. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome down to the spot. With me today, Felix and Locus from the popular web series Red vs. Blue, and on the other team, 
Gray Haddock and Miles Luna. Gray, Miles, how does it feel to be facing down yourselves? Yeah, I got to tell you, John, it uh, it feels really weird. Really, really <laughs> weird. No, it feels... Why, why are you doing... Why are you doing... That was Miles. Voice. That was the Miles. Miles. <laughs> why are you doing the Miles voice? Oh, no. Because I had the idea already. If you had been at the Rooster Teeth offices when the Reds and Blues had invaded, what weapon would you have used to defend yourself? Um, I would use the gauntlet from the gauntlet. Because uh, <laughs> it, looks, it looks pretty sturdy, and I think... <laughs> the gauntlet was so good. Bring back the gauntlet. Oh, my God. Okay, so what weapon would I have used? The power of friendship. Yeah, oh. The friends we made along the way. Exactly! <laughs> I want to make friends with all the reds and blues! <laughs> and then Caboose will kill you. What? Yeah. Caboose Be kills like, all his friends. Like, oh, you are my best friend. I will give you a hug. <laughs> it's, it's, I just realized it's kind of like of mice and men. <laughs> oh, Wait, no. Man. That's not how... That means that church has to kill Caboose. Oh, no! Yeah, it's, oh, no. the, it's the other way around. Just... And I will tattoo Freckles. <laughs> oh That's right, Caboose. You can pet Freckles all you want. So I would enclose myself in a room with a smoke machine, spotlights, one of those setups for laser light shows, glitter bombs, and several long flowy wigs to drop on anyone who comes in. The goal here being not to have an awesome dance party, although that is one potential outcome, but rather to fill the area around me with so many things that are difficult to render and composite in that my scene never finishes production. <laughs> that your render rate sh slows down to like like one frame every year and you just walk you out. You have to render volumetric smoke, multiple lighting sources, hair, and part Oh my God. <laughs> Never mind, hair. we're cutting this, you're, and you're, then I'm safe. You're a genius. Under flaming hair. I have the ultimate weapon. Anyone who I flick this weapon upon will never stand against me. Yes. An invitation to be on On the Spot. Jesus. Grimdark on the spot. <laughs> I'm your host, Spooktacular Risinger. Lightning round complete. What did Vix and Monologue actually mean? That there's a million stories to tell, whether it's done by Rooster Teeth, others, or even you, the listener. Your story is your story. Whether it's true or not is up to you. Wow, Write thanks. the fanfic. That clarifies so much. Write the fanfic. Yeah. Do the thing. Yeah, I mean, in in three words, it would be write the fanfic. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm tempted to say that it just refers to the abstraction of creative endeavor. Like, I don't. Yeah. I feel like I feel I feel like it's <laughs> not specific to. I write you a fanfic. Shut up! No. <laughs> <laughs> no more fuel. I write you a fanfic. I write you a fanfic. Your fiance erupts violently. <laughs> I write God you damn it, theory. no more fuel theory. <laughs> so I, I do I do think that like while it, it was, you know, supportive of creative endeavors more generally, I do think that this was also sort of thank you to the fan base. Oh yeah, like, definitely. Like like just just for being so engaged and making so many cool things. Like I'm reminded of how Felix and Locus ended up looking kind of like 
the fandom's headcanons for Felix and Locus, mm -hmm. and how it wasn't really that Miles went out and looked for examples to base it off. It was just sort of like the fandom had decided and somehow he had like subconsciously picked up on that or you know you know sort of like there or was that this the hive there, mind there, just brought yeah his there's like to this us. sort of like yeah yeah it's kind of more um, of a more of a feedback loop actually like yeah like, yeah yeah i suppose i suppose yeah um and that like this sort of feedback loop makes the universe richer and more interesting and more meaningful than it would be otherwise that that's it's it's just it's very nice and it was a very nice thing for bernie to have yet another season-ending monologue about... <laughs> I, I have to say, I have to say, uh, because I'm always the grumpy one. The, the, <laughs> similar, similar, to, similar to Joel and Caboose earlier in the episode, um, I thought... Buy gold. I, I don't know how to, how to put, this, <laughs> put this quite right, but Buy I thought that gold. maybe they didn't earn it in the same way that they normally earn a Bernie season-ending monologue. I saw a lot of uh, a thing that I see at the end of every season, and in many episodes uh, on Tumblr, you see the, I call them giftage, because it's like a montage of gif, uh, where people put screenshots or gifs of the episodes, um, and then they put the words from that final speech over the ad, over the side. And you know, they, mm -hmm. they did that in season 13, and season 12, and probably 11 as well, I don't remember. But basically, oh, okay. I thought that um, in previous episodes, that or previous seasons rather that makes sense as a kind of wrapping up the whole thing uh they they generally do a pretty good job it felt different for me this time and well, i felt like they i felt like they didn't quite deserve the giftage yeah I, I would i would argue that with the exception of of the chorus arc um the season ending monologues have always kind of been a little bit out of nowhere. Yeah, that, that um, has Because I, 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 did, I did notice, like, I was writing a similar thing, and I did note that this is that this sort of, like, oh, well, suddenly, suddenly we're monologuing on a greater theme that was, like, only very briefly touched <laughs> on at any point in the season. Oh, yeah, actually. Actually, that's kind of what they do. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's, it's that I've been spoiled by Chorus, uh, the fact that the fact that the last the last season ending monologue we saw was Epsilon as he was dying. Like that was the, yeah. the I will say that is the first time one of those is Jesus like Christ spot Christ. on relevant. So <laughs> I, mean, I feel then, like the director's one at the end of season six was good. Oh, oh yeah, my yeah. god, I was gonna shut But that, that was also like like a plot device in its own right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the director at that yeah. point was pretty Doctor Leonard Church. But, um, <laughs> I mean also the con content of the speech though like the mm. content of the speech is good too like sure oh, it's yeah, got yeah, that sting yeah. of leonard church at the end but the speech is still good that's it's a great speech. oh yeah oh, i wasn't i guess i wasn't saying that the speeches are bad the speeches are great it's just like sometimes also uh i would say especially if the the season has been a little unfocused uh, in terms of its message, and like, like pick, pick an, an anthology example, season is an anthology season tends to be because it's so many different mm -hmm. things. I guess I wasn't I wasn't saying it as a complaint, mm -hmm. more of just a note. That is how the RVB do. From my perspective, this is kind of the first season that I have watched as it's come out. This is the very mm -hmm. first one before that I just like screeched. Like I went through all of them all at once, <laughs> so I wasn't really. That's you. I wasn't really I kind of like noticing kind of the building theme of the the end of season monologues from Bernie, but I felt like this message was actually really important because I mean I'm I'm gonna go a bit like 
new agey like fuck ever do it like stories are so important to tell because they reflect what we feel and what's happening at the time like in culture and in the news generally around the world and it's so important i mean obviously this is red versus blue and they're all dorks but it's so important to keep telling stories and whether or not your story is anything to do with red versus blue or whether or not it's you telling your own story to the world or you writing a book or you making your own movie or your own youtube series i mean like look at what red versus blue started as and look what it's become yeah. like i think it's it's so important to keep telling stories and to keep that tradition up because we're increasingly doing everything on like technology on ipads and on laptops and everything and you're kind of losing actual solid books a little bit so i think it was it was kind of reflecting that a little bit how did you feel this season went uh i was really pleasantly surprised by this season because it was obviously kind of the first season that i'd watched as it came out so i didn't really know what to expect from a red versus blue season week by week and i absolutely adored it because not only did i kind of get the chance to see how everything began and how actually the red versus blue began and how church first started out like how we came to jimmy but we just got to see this incredibly diverse expansion of the red versus blue universe from so many different directions and so many different writers and so many different styles so yeah it was really wonderful to watch and if i had to pick a favorite episode um i have to go with this episode because it was just so it was just so easy to emote with and to love and i adored the animation and i love caboose okay i love caboose caboose is pretty lovable (laughs) he's the best um I do think that there's something unique about the season, um, not just in that it's an anthology, but that I feel like this season actually worked really well as a we will release an episode every week sort of format. Um, across the chorus Until trilogy and even before dollars. that, we spent we spent a lot of time talking about ah it's so hard waiting week to week because this is really meant to be seen as a movie and like oh this you know we quit at this awkward point here and i don't know what's going to happen next and it feels weird to wait so long um and i felt like you know an anthology format really benefits from the um one episode a week sort of release schedule christ knows what the dvd is going to look like though yeah yeah the dvd is just like but yeah i i thought um, overall, the season went really well. I really wanted a framing device. I was yeah. waiting for you to bring up Narrating. your sadness. Daft. I know. Daft, we got I one. Just... We got Vic. That's not enough framing device for you. <laughs> I wanted I wanted him to be saying it to some. Daft, I have something really, really important to tell you about the framing guess... device. You were the Sultan. We were the ones getting the tails. Yes, but it doesn't have a bigger impact on the story. Well, yeah, like, well, no, like, I know. I do, I do know that, like, if he wasn't talking to anybody in universe and he was talking to us, I know. But I still wanted him to be talking to somebody in universe because I was very excited about my 1001 fights theory. I like the, I like the implication there that if we're the, we're the Sultan and Vic is talking to us, like, he's trying to delay the inevitable, which is season 15. uh, Yeah, he's trying to delay the the part where we kill him. (laughs) Because, like, you know, I'm not in season 15. Hey, hey, no, dude. Uh, If you'll notice here, I don't have a single episode written, uh, the one where they kill Vic. So uh, So, I think I'm safe, buddy. Let's just keep talking. The one where they kill Vic. This is this one. (laughs) I have been exhausted by this season. 
Uh, I really enjoyed it for the most part, I would say. Uh, every episode consistently made me laugh at, at least a little. There were a couple of duds, but not nearly as many as, as actually you might expect in an anthology format. But for some reason, uh, I, I mean, the season was a little bit longer, and obviously I did spend a lot of time talking about it with you guys at half four in the morning. Um, woo but, woo, go British listeners! For whatever reason, Sorry. this season, something about the format completely and utterly exhausted me. So the variety um, made it difficult for us to, uh, as a as a podcast, um, come up with like theories from week to week. So we, I think Not we, that you didn't we try. all really had to flex and build our conversational muscles just to Boy, find sure is weather things we're to having. talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, but we haven't just resorted to sure is weather we, we're having. One Much of the weather. things that we've done a lot is make little improv skits Mm. within our podcasting. It's possible that because sitting here and improving is harder than sitting here and having a conversation, the shiznos themselves have taken more of your energy. I think mostly Um, mostly my contribution to expanding the conversational style of the shizno is just me being a huge asshole to everyone, though. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So Mm. one of the things that Bernie has always said is we will keep making Red versus Blue as long as people want to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I think that this season was a really good illustration of that. They let they jumped off season 13 having done a lot of stuff that they hadn't, you know, ever managed to do before CGI wise. Um, and they had, you know, just gotten a whole bunch of like really uh, nice things, you know, with like the music and and just like had finished off this enormous narrative arc. That, so they said, you know, well, people want more red versus blue and we want to make more red versus blue. So let's have a bunch of fans make stuff for our fans. And we can all just have like a big fanish experience together and sort of just celebrate the creativity of our fan base. Uh, and I, I thought maybe its execution was flawed at times. I think that they came at this season and have always seemed to come at Red versus Blue from the perspective of doing it for the fans. That's really important. And I think that that's kind of rare when it comes to mm, a content. Yeah, creator. definitely. Yeah. And, it, and that, that that's to be valued and really appreciated because that's a that's a campaign that's for people who are doing something because they love it, not because they yeah. want to make money out of it, because they love the characters. Yeah, and so, like, I I do I do want to try to remember Red versus Blue season fourteen as a labor of love made by fans for fans and supported by people who love us as much as we love their show. Rain Zero, you, you said you wanted to go last. Did you have anything you wanted yeah. to add? So, yeah. Yeah. how did I feel this season went? Good, next question. That's the end of the show. Thanks go out to Sam, Rain Zero, She, Patrick, and Daft Prodigy. Produced by Daft Prodigy, Rain Zero, Sam, Patrick, and Nereal. Visit the Shizno on Tumblr at shizno.tumblr.com S-H-I-Z-N-O dot Tumblr dot com The Shizno Hanging out with your real world self is overrated. Believe me. Hey! Rocket Rooster Energy Drink. 
I have been drinking it for two months now, and ooh, wait, I can't read my handwriting. Fuck. <laughs> 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 Lucky research to drink may make your own handwriting indecipherable to your own eye. Lucky research may not make you blind. Side effects may include blindness, deafness, mutinous, uh, <laughs> dyslexia, d- diarrhea, constipation, nausea, heartburn, indigestion, indigestion <laughs> upset stomach, super diarrhea. You know, Daft, I, I had a cock joke and I didn't use it, and I'm so glad I didn't now because yours was way better. <laughs> I had I had several others in case somebody somebody said something that was as as predictable. You know, that was close enough. <laughs> I mean, you can try out another one if you think it's funnier, but... No, no, that was that was my funniest one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, oh. <laughs> Screw you, Patrick. Okay, if that was your funniest, daft... Go back to your tea and your terrible internet connection. That is actually the two things that describe my life right now. It's it's also probable that there's that there's a uh, alternate universe um, where the laws of physics are such that Rain Zero is actually funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Let's not get crazy here. <laughs> I mean, but we know there's not one where Patrick's funny. Well, I there there isn't a parallel universe where Patrick is funny because Patrick is funny in this and one. only this one <laughs> and, and only, only this, this one. one. Yes. <laughs> wow, you lucky devils. <laughs> yep, lucky is the word I would use. That sure is a word that has been said tonight. <laughs> Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.